without drinking milk. And you know it's possible. I have a friend went to speak to a group of people in the Bible Society in Brazil. These are guys dealing with the Bible every single day, printing Bibles, sending Bibles, selling Bible, touching Bible every single day. And his question is, do you spend time with this word as you spend time working with it? Or are you like uh, someone who sells pizza? Or he's worked with pizza all day long. Working with pizza, smelling pizza, touching pizza, but they don't eat pizza. Let's go for all of us. Without really knowing and ex without experiencing the effect of this milk in your life. You know, I love John Calvin. But John Calvin does not convince me of anything. I'll never, I'll never tell someone, say, hey, believe this because Calvin said so. Whoa, that's baloney. But when I read Calvin many times and see that he got the point of the Bible, I said, man, the guy is right. That's really what the Bible says. I make, I'm in a campaign in the seminary right now at Reformed Theological Seminary where I have been for 24 years. And you know what my campaign is? Encourage my students to meditate on the Bible and read commentaries when you have time. Let me tell you why. Because the temptation even for those who are in seminary is to spend their time meditating commentaries and reading the Bible when they have time. That's wrong. This is wrong. But in this verse, this verse, Kelvin said this. Among scholars, in other words, those who study the Bible, and those who read the Bible, who study the Bible, includes everybody. When you call about scholars in the 16th century, he's talking about those who study. It's not only the academicians, but everybody who studies. says, among scholars, those whose knowledge is confined to books, if they have not the book always before them, readily discover their ignorance. I tell my students, I don't care how many commentaries, how many theological books you have read. Of course I want you to do that. But I want to know how much time you spend everything day with this word. How much do you know of this word? Not because you have to preach, but because you have to feed yourself. Can you say to the Lord, Lord... Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, to whom is he saying that? To the Lord. I hope and pray that say, Lord, let me be very honest with you. Lord, I have not spent time in your word every single day. I don't think I really can say this. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It would be a good confession to the Lord this morning. And so, Lord, please help me. And do something about it. Come back home and say, Lord, from this time on, I'm going to spend at least 20 minutes every single day. Get a book of the Bible. And I'm going to read, meditate, and slowly every day for 20 minutes. And stop. And you'll continue next day till I finish this book of the Bible. Second, who 
is saying this. Listen, your word I have hidden in my heart. I, who is saying this? The psalmist. Now I love it. Let me tell you why I love it. He says, I have hidden. By the way, let me make an application immediately here. Nobody can treasure God's word in their hearts for you. Only you can heart, can, can treasure God's word in your heart for you. My father cannot treasure the word for me. Can be a blessing in my life, but the knowledge of the word of God that my father has cannot be put back to me. I have to get that treasure. I tell it to my, my children, my grandchildren. Nobody can treasure the word on behalf of you in your place. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, says, Exercise yourself towards godliness, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. When he talks about godliness, it means to know God's word and to obey God's word. That's godliness, obedience, sanctification. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I have hid it. I hope and pray that if you are not doing that, you can say today, Lord, forgive me. But from this point on, I want to make a commitment with you right now that I will treasure your word in my heart. And keep in mind that does not matter how much your past, by the way, it matters. And I'm so glad that you have John and Jonathan here. And you know that John loves God's word and preaches God's word. Otherwise, you'll not be here. I'm so glad. But let me tell you something. John and Jonathan and the session here cannot treasure the word. For you. They can preach the word to you. But the knowledge that they gain. The time that. The joy that they spend. And they experience. By meditating God's word. Every single day. To feed themselves. They cannot. You cannot get it. You have to do it too. Got it? Nobody. You didn't get it Abigail? Let me explain to you. Alright. Who is by your side? Is your mom? What's the, your mama's name? Jennifer, let me tell you something. I'm going to explain to you. Thank you that you say I didn't get it. What mamas read by herself in the Bible and memorize. You have not read, you have not memorized. She cannot pass it to you just because I... Do you think if she memorized something, it means that automatically you have memorized that, 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 that passage? No. If she memorizes a verse of the Bible... Does it mean that Abigail also have memorized it? No. Abigail has to memorize by herself as well. Then when Abigail memorized God's word or a verse of the Bible, then Abigail says, the verse that my mother memorized and has in her heart, the same verse I have in my heart because I have memorized as well. Got it now? All right. Just, uh, Mama will explain later to you, okay? <laughs> That's my second. Who does it? I do it. I do it. Third, and by the way, are so many things. Yeah, I'm going just to go. What have you hidden in your heart? What have you treasured? Because the, the word hidden is really treasured in my heart. What have I treasured in my heart? It says what? Your word. 
Not my word. By the way, I preach the word. The Bible promised no, nothing about my explanation of God's word by itself. The only word that will never come back void is not my word. The only word that will never come back void is the word of God. It's not what Isaiah says. His word will not come back void. Whatever I say here to you and explain to you, what is not going to come back void is whatever I'm explaining to you and quoting from God's word this morning. Know that the words of others, I have hidden your word. In other words, brothers and sisters, the most important thing or blood to have in our hearts is the word of God. The greatest treasure. We must mind, as someone has said, that we really believe what we really believe is truly God's word. And I have, I remember I preached here once, and I told him First Peter, and I said, Isn't that amazing that the Bible taught? Give us his word, tell us to meditate upon his word, and he has all the promise of this world in his word. And we're just going around without knowing what to do. I pr- I'm going to repeat what I said in one of messages. Psalm 19 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect conversion the soul. If a soul needs conversion or restoration, go to the word of God. The testimony of the Lord is sure, sure making wise the simple. You need wisdom, go to the word of God. Look at how many promises. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. Is your heart down? Go to the word. How many promises? The commandments of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes. You need light to see your ways. Go to the word of God. It's light to our path. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And, and he says more. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is a great reward. How many promises? What have we Kept in our hearts. I hope the word of God. Every time I witness to anyone. Anywhere in the world. I make it sure that Lord. In summer of my conversation. I'll bring it to the word of God. Because woe to you. Woe to me. And we come to the point. Of your ministry. Of your life. That you are afraid to refer. To this written word of God. This is the power. This is the sword of the spirit. Some of us don't have a clue. About how valued it is that we have it in your English. In so many versions. Let me tell you a story. And I'm going to give you the other two points. And finish. I was in China. For ten days with my wife. A few years ago. Ministering there. We kind of went and preached in one of those underground churches. But during the week when I received the invitation to go to this underground church. I said I would like to talk with this Chinese pastor. I want to know his story. And I'm going to tell you. Very quickly. He talked with me and said tell me how you came. How the Lord saved you here in China. This is before 1990s. Before the opening of communism here. I was an atheist. Never saw a Bible in my life. Working somewhere 
Someone began to tell me about, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And began to talk about the creation of the universe. And I said, where have you read this? And said, in the book, book called the Bible. And every time he was telling me about the story, the guy didn't have a Bible either. But he knew about the Bible. And he said, Dr. Medeiros began to talk, and I desire to have that Bible. Something really moved me to have that Bible. And I said, where can I get this book? It is before 1990s. Keep in mind this. That Bible would be a threat for you to have, in the, and it would be very rare to find in China at that time. He said, where, did you, where can I find this book? I said, you can only find it in the black market. And he said, Dr. Medeiros, one day I saw someone with that Bible for sale. And I asked, I want to buy that Bible. How much is it? And the price he gave me was equivalent to one month of my income. I got that money and bought that Bible. It cost us nothing practically. So I got that Bible. Dr. Medeiros took it home. And I began to read immediately. Studying Genesis, I could not stop. Sleeping very little during the night so that I could finish. Dr. Medeiros, I read that Bible. And the Holy Spirit began to talk with my heart. And I was convicted that about the history of mankind. I was convicted of my own history. I was convicted I was a sinner. I was convicted that Christ came in this world, died on the cross, paid for my sin. I surrendered my life. I finished with that Bible. I was converted. And not only that, I was a very convinced Calvinist. Calvinist without knowing about John Calvin. I said, what do you mean? He said, I knew I had been elected by God. We don't have a clue. But God gave me. This is not just a financial treasure for him. He gave, he could, he said, I would give anything I would have to get that book. Voice dialing is unavailable when in airplane mode. <laughs> I didn't get it. It's probably telling me to stop. But let me finish here. Brothers, we don't have a clue how precious this book is. What do you have in your heart? Fourth, where should we keep this word? And it says, in your heart. It's to be inside you, within you. Not just in the pace or the... Um, not just here, not just in your computer, not just in your iPhone or your iPad. It's to be within you. I have hidden in my heart. And as some servant of the Lord has said, we are, we are well fortified against the stratagems of Satan when God's law, God's word is deeply seated in our hearts. This is our only safeguard against Satan's meshes. Is the word of God. And Satan will target your heart. Always. The Bible says this. Proverbs says. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. In the parable Jesus says. That now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. 
when the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Keep the word in your heart. How do you do that? How do you do that? And I'm going to tell you in my application. But now finally, my fifth question. What for should I have this word in my heart every single day? Meditate and memorize what for? And he says very clear. That I might not sin against you. It's very, very personal. I tell my, my children, children, when I'm keeping the word of God, it helps me to fight the, my battle. But it will help me to fight against sin. But the knowledge that I have, the intake of God's word in my life, will not enable you to fight sin. You have to have the same word in your heart. It's like, if I have the sword, my friend, you don't have. I have the sword, not you. And you think that I have the sword and it will be okay for you? To go to battle without a sword because I have a sword. No, I have a sword. It will be my battle. But if you have the sword as well. And I have the sword. And all of us. Can you imagine what a kind of army we'll have? God's. All God's people. What for? That I might not sin against you. In other words, it has everything to do with sanctification. In other words, what I say? So that I might do, might do what pleases you. Your will. Your will. And as Sarge Spurgeon said, here was the object aimed at. As one has well said, here's the best thing, thy word, hidden in the best place in my heart for the best purpose that I might not sin against you. You cannot fight the fight of sin. And you cannot kill sin without the sword of the Spirit. The word of God. This is the weapon. Application, just to finish. How do you treasure this word? I'm going to give you very few ideas, and it's biblical as well. First, you do it by reading it. Take time every single day, but not only by reading it, but by meditating upon it. By think deeply as you go through it. Because when you meditate, you experience the illumination of the Holy Spirit. By reading, by meditating, reading in slow motion, consistently, intentionally, every single day. By listening to it as you are doing right now. And I hope and pray when you come here on Sunday or whatever it is to hear the preacher. And you know the preacher is faithful to God's word. Don't come here to criticize him. Come here to hear him. To listen to him. Will you purposely listen to the preaching and the teaching of his word? By studying it. You do it by memorizing it. You're doing it by obeying it. I hope and pray that you're going to say, Lord, from now on I want to do it. Each one of you, including Abigail and Judah and William, may your mothers and fathers and your parents and grandparents teach you in this. Oh, brothers, I tell people when I have this stress, it's the only thing that can take away my distress. And this is the meditation in God's word. And right now, because of granddaughters, etc., 17 years old, something's going on. And if I don't take care of my heart, how can I help her? 
But you see, let me show you how the, God's word helped me. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says this. You will keep him in per- perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We want to experience perfect peace, don't we? Isaiah put backwards. The Lord is going to keep this person perfect peace. When his mind is stayed on God. Because he trusts God. When the Bible talks trust God means trust God's word. You know his promises. And now that I know God's promise because I meditate on God's word. Anything that is happening, I'm going to keep my mind on Him, on His Word. And the Bible says, and I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's the way this Word works. Oh Lord, apply it to our hearts. Even to Abigail and Judah and William. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together by reading the Philippians Creed as printed in your bulletin. We believe in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count the quality of God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of a man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. session has made a decision that the last several weeks in uh, uh, September and the first week in October will be uh, a focus on missions and there's an insert in your bulletin uh, about two missionaries that uh, the session would like us to particularly pray for today. The first is John and Debbie Crimmins uh, who were supported by this church and they're working in the country of Kenya uh, in East Africa and their main focus is, uh, is pastoral training and evangelism. Uh, as difficult as it may be for us to believe, uh, in Kenya, as in many places in the world, most of the pastors have no formal theological education. Some of them have very little school education at all. And uh, 
Many of them uh, have full-time jobs in addition to their pastoral work. Many of them pastor multiple churches at the same time. And they are in tremendous need of training and discipleship on how to, how to read the word, how to study the word, how to interpret the word, how to teach the word, how to deal with issues like, uh, like conflict within the church and church discipline. Uh, so this is a, a tremendous uh, need. Um, they have asked specifically for prayer for their global field evangelism, for pastoral training, uh, equipping pastors in poor areas of Africa and around the world. Um, they didn't say this, but I'm going to suggest that we particularly pray for his wife, Debbie, this week. I don't know anything about the, the mechanics of their relationship or their ministry, but what I do know is that not uncommonly uh, the scenario is that the husband is off on this grand mission and the wife is at home trying to hold things together um, in a place where it takes everything you have just, just to get the basics of life done. Um, and often they're struggling, and often they can't admit that they're struggling because it's not cool to admit that you're struggling when you're a missionary because missionaries aren't supposed to struggle, right? So let's pray uh, especially for Debbie as we're praying for the Crimmins in Kenya. And then on the other side is Paul West. Uh, Paul is well known to us. He's a member of this congregation. We prayed for him just a few weeks ago. Uh, Deanne is here with us. Praise the Lord. And... Um, Paul is in Guatemala, where Deanne and Paul worked uh, some years ago for several years, and he's down there um, uh, doing evangelism and uh, donating stoves and things like that. We had an opportunity to visit Paul and Deanne in, uh, in Guatemala probably 10 years ago now, and one of the really fun things that we got to see is Paul was having, in addition to their basic responsibilities as missionaries, Paul was having Bible studies with the kids in the neighborhood. And it was just so neat to see the time for the Bible study and these kids would come down the hill from the surrounding houses and meet in the West backyard and, uh, and they would meet with Pablo for, uh, for Bible study and for fellowship. And it was obvious the, the affection that they had for him. So uh, let's pray for uh, Paul while he's in Guatemala for this two week period of time. Pray for Deanne as she's at home and missing him I'm sure. Uh, let's take a minute and pray, shall we? Father God, we are so thankful for the people um, who have answered your call, uh, whether it's uh, locally, whether it's domestically, whether it's overseas. Father, thank you that, that people can say, here I am, send me. Father, we do pray for John and Debbie Crimmins in Kenya. Pray, Father, that you would be with them in their work of pastoral training and evangelism. Be especially with Debbie as she seeks to maintain their, their household in a way that honors you and is healthy for their family. And Lord, be with our brother Paul down in Guatemala. Uh, be with him as they're doing their evangelistic work and as he makes contact with uh, the young boys and girls that uh, he's had relationships now for over 10 years. We pray, Father, that will be a fruitful time of ministry for him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the celebrations and concerns of the church, Teensy Tarver continues to recover from surgery. And Richard Lewis, who is the grandson of Allison Skip Bell, continues to recover from surgery in Birmingham, Alabama. Let's keep them in our prayers, and let's keep Pastor John and, and Pastor Jonathan in our prayers as well. Lord, we offer a prayer of healing for Teensy and for Richard. Lord, you're the great physician, the great I am, and we pray for your divine healing mercies upon them. We claim a healing in your name, Lord. 
We also pray for your healing mercies upon our hearts, for the needs of your flock, spoken and unspoken, Lord. We pray for our nation. We pray for our state and we pray for our city and all of our elected officials. And we pray for a special prayer for our Pastor John and Pastor Jonathan. And we just pray for their safe return. And most of all, Lord, we pray for a spiritual awakening in this day and in this land. We join now together in the words that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In response to the rich blessings bestowed upon us, let us present our tithes and offerings.
Gracious Father, receive our thanks and praise for all your goodness, love, and mercy, and for all the blessings for body and soul that we have received from your almighty hand. Most especially, we thank you for the infinite gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and life everlasting. May this offering be Receive the benediction. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication, the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship and the peace and the joy. On the love of the Holy Spirit, 
be upon each one of you today and forevermore, growing always in the knowledge and in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.